Hey y'all, welcome to Cross Politic on the Fight Lab Feast Network. It's good to be with you this Monday evening. Pastor Toby Chalk Knocks on the Water Boy. We're all in the studio together. And uh, we're going to talk Kamala Harris and uh, Yokin, Glenn Yokin. I mean, at this point, how do you say his last name? We don't even care because he's practically a Democratic governor, as you'll see coming Ooh. up. We're going to be in Knoxville. We actually had some friends send us some Knoxville shirts what? saying, hey, we can't wait for you guys to come to Knoxville. Knoxville. October yeah. 6th through the 8th. They sent me two. <laughs> <laughs> Two. Toby, do the math. I got one. Knox got two. They sent me two shirts. He's stealing one. He's the, stealing from you. The Fight Life Feast Conference is two and a half months away. Ooh. Knoxville, Tennessee, October 6th through the 8th. Beer, Psalms, Fellowship, our amazing line of speakers like George Gilder, Dr. Jared Longshore, yes. Pastor Doug Wilson, Dr. Ben Merkel, Bishop Toby, the <laughs> family is a nuclear weapon sumter. What did you do? Huh? <laughs> He's got special sounds. Gabe hasn't secured our special surprise yet. So oh, but they're coming. Tell you about it. Is it's it, coming. Is it coming? But yeah. We okay. can tell you that there will be awesome vendors. How'd you do that to my voice? You mean Was, this thing? There will be awesome vendors. New friends to meet. Maybe your child's future spouse. <laughs> <laughs> that they meet while playing in the jumpy castles. <laughs> it, it could happen. <laughs> Save money by signing up for a club membership today. Club members get $100 off. Yep. Fightlaughfeast.com. Sign up. Register for the conference with that club discount. We can't wait to fellowship, sing psalms, and celebrate God's goodness in Knoxville with you. That's October right. 6th through the 8th. And... If you want me to get a T-shirt, apparently you have to send it directly yeah. to me. Somebody Probably at my church too. office. Don't send it across uh, politics. I don't know how. They just they, sent me they two shirts. They don't. They like, don't. I asked, took it. <laughs> it was it was hand-delivered at Knox. They did tell that, me that. That was the problem. It, was it could be for you. But I was like, nah, he don't, he don't even uh, like shirts. He, he, he's a pastor. <laughs> you know, we need to keep him humble. You ever see him in a T-shirt? <laughs> no, no, we need to keep him humble. So this up. past Sunday... Kamala Harris and, and Glenn Youngkin were on uh, Kamala Harris's media arm, Face the Nation. We're just months away from the midterm elections. Finish this sentence for me. Americans need to vote for Democrats in November because. <laughs> uh, that, that November, as you know, is just around the corner. And boy, the Democrats look to be heading into losing a majority in the House and in the Senate. In fact, Republicans are looking to gain anywhere from 225 to 255 seats in the House. Wow. Okay. All they need is to flip, actually, all they need is 218 seats to have the, the simple majority. In the House. Okay, in the House, right? Mm -hmm. okay. So okay. it looks like they're already going to get the simple majority in the House. The GOP is looking to flip about 10 seats in the Senate, which would eliminate Kami Harris's um, the, the, her vote tie, the tie for the vote, and gave the Republicans a potential 60 Senate seats. Mm, mm, mm. That's a lot. So That's we lot. got different problems to worry about then. Polls <laughs> are showing that 64% of Democratic voters want Biden out of the 2024 race, which is surprising because Biden won 2020 by eight, with 80 million votes. Yeah, but polls also said that Trump was going to lose. Surprising. So. All right. <laughs> And if you guys actually, I gave you guys some stats on this. If you guys pulled up, um, oh, you sent, gave us yeah, papers. You see, uh, page two of five. You'll see there. This is the New York Times uh, Quinnipiac poll. 
or, or seeing a college football you know, team. Magnifying glass. I know, I know. Oh. But page two, you'll see that um, uh, it's got numbers on it. Um, yeah. Only twenty six percent of Democrats want Biden to run in twenty twenty four. Only 20, 26%. You'll see that on page two. two oh, oh, yeah. You circled it for yep, us. A little I circled it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Nominate Joe Biden and, as 2021 president. 64% don't want Biden. They, not, not, they ain't got not many other options. Mm. But he won 80 million votes. 80 million. It's incredible. Was it 81? He flipped it. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Now, the New York Times polling, which I'm showing you some of this, uh, shows the top two issues Americans are most concerned about and the Democrats aren't even close to addressing are... You guessed it, the economy and inflation. Again, you guys can pull up that's your... because that's their problems. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they broke it, huh? So page three of five there, you'll see their top two, and then it goes down to three, four, five, and everything down from there. I feel I like I'm in a business meeting all of a sudden. The I just tossed my inflation. Hey, we're a real... State of the democracy, yep. gun policies. Those are top four. Abortion's only it 5%. Got top, top five, yeah, but it's 5%. Only 5%, yep. but that's huh. the fifth one. So the Democrats are doing so bad, they can't even talk about the top two issues that actually matter to voters. That's because they're dictators. Hey, you know what? It says coronavirus 0%. Finally. I think, I think that's winning. <laughs> I think that's winning. And they're still going to be talking about it now. So, so now Kami Harris is on Face the Nation. This Again, this is our media arm, Face the Nation. Oh, is it? And, and she has some follow-up comments that we need to listen to. I think all of us share um, a deep sense of outrage that the United States Supreme Court took a constitutional right that was recognized, took it from the mm. women of America. Mm. I mean, sit back and think about that for a moment. The highest court in our land just took a constitutional right that was recognized for women to make decisions about their own bodies. And so now we are looking at a situation where the government can tell a person in our country mm. what they can and cannot do with their own body. You don't have to agree that you want to or would advocate that you or a loved one would have an abortion to agree that the government should not be making that decision for any individual woman. Um, didn't, they, didn't her administration just try to force vaccinate a lot, all the military? Yeah, force vaccinate all the workers through I OSHA. I think they're still trying. All, all the small businesses, a hundred or above. Right. Well, yeah, it wasn't through OSHA. Just, yeah, it wasn't yeah. just bands uh, off our bodies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Kamala Harris follow, follows up with uh, uh, now talking about Roe. Did Democrats fail past Democratic presidents, congressional leaders, to not codify Roe v. Wade over the past five decades? I do believe that we should have rightly believed, but we certainly believe that certain issues are just settled. Certain issues are just settled. Mm. Clearly we're not. No, that's right. And that's why I do believe that we are living, sadly, in um, real unsettled times. Mm. There's another example of Deep. this point, voting rights. Fundamental principle of our, of our democracy is everyone there. should have access, who are entitled to have access to vote. And now you see states across the country that are intentionally making it more difficult for people to vote. We thought that was settled. We thought that was settled at least by law in the 60s. Uh, so, I'm, <laughs> so I'm confused. She said everyone should have the right to vote, right? Yeah. So, but I'm trying to figure out. So with the civil rights movement, which is the movement that acknowledges that every individual made in the image of God actually has 
rights given to them by God, not the state, to be treated as human beings, right? And so a human being has rights like voting that they should have. So uh, if I, if you have to choose where the civil rights is going to land on whether or not we consider a baby in the womb a human being, are they going to land on the side of, I don't know, pro-choice or pro-life? Just with the idea of the civil rights movement, if we're going to bring in the civil rights movement and a sense of morality to say people should have the right to vote, mm. right? If they have the right to vote, do they not also have the right to live? To live. That's a good <laughs> point. Well, well, I think, hey, hold on a second. Yeah. How do you get one and miss over the other? Yeah. Right. Well, I think you're right. I think the 1960s civil rights would have fallen on the pro-life side of things. But I think because the civ- have civil the same rights. people vote on should abortion be legal or illegal? Well, I'm not even saying? I'm not just even thinking about because some of the people in the civil rights movement were just trying to accomplish a Marxist ideology. Yeah, that's, so so that's I, I want to be careful about that. Go but that, yeah. where, but what the intent behind uh, the the movement was, where they actually had moral ground, was that people are made in the image of God. Yeah. Right. right. That was that where was, they landed their flag. At. That was their moral plea. Exactly. Let them vote. Let get let don't um don't kick them out of your. Your restaurants, your stores. Can they buy and sell and have trade? They're human beings. Because they're human beings. Now, Made in the image of God. Right. Yeah. Now, now, are you going to use that to say that people are taking away your right to be able to reverse what the civil rights movement stood for? Right. right. <laughs> That's insane. Right. Yeah. Now, now, I'm sorry we got to show you some more clips from Kami Harris, but this is our vice I president. I don't think you're no. really sorry. I don't think he is either. <laughs> Here's the next clip on, on her uh, regarding uh, her administration's uh, responsibility for this. What will this administration do to try to codify Roe, to try to, through Congress, put into law some of these priorities? What we will do through the executive branch to ensure that women have the ability to, to travel freely, unencumbered, that women will have access to the medication. They can travel. Can but women we can't travel? We need Congress to act. They can't drive. that branch of government oh. is where we actually codify which means put into law oh, oh good oh, yeah thank you for defining the rights that, that yeah. again we took for granted but clearly have now been taken from the women of america we've seen this in the past if you think about it the voting rights act congress sure. acted civil rights act congress acted because where there was any question especially through the courts or any other system about the sanctity of these rights sanctity. we decided as a nation we would put it into law. That's what we need to do with Roe and the principles behind Roe. Don't. Okay, I'm sorry, Pastor. Go ahead. Um, that's what we did with the Defense of Marriage Act. That's right. Mm. The Congress put he codified. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a word I learned from from, from Kami Kamala Harris. What, what does it mean? That means to put it into law. Oh, let me write that down. Ma- the Defense codified. of Marriage Act DOMA signed into, into law, law by Bill by Clinton, Bill Clinton yep. who didn't know what marriage was, but signed it anyways. <laughs> and I believe it passed unanimously. Ooh. The House and the Senate. Wow. Mm. Or there was like only one or two votes against it. It was uh, unanimous or near unanimous. Yeah. That's before they got woke. That was before. Yeah. But I just want to know what happened to that codify. Right. That's right. What happened to that codify? Because right. in a minute she's going to talk to us about a Burgerfell possibly being overturned. And the other, the defense, you know, the, the interviewer is going to ask Yunkin about, about, you know, codifying Obergefell, same-sex mirage. And I want to know about the codification of marriage. Mm. 
I think that Mormons and liberals serve the same guy where that they can change his mind anytime he wants. Ooh. So, you know, Ooh. that might be the reason why they can codify something and then, and then they just flip it up. We got <laughs> they got new prophets. <laughs> they, got, they, got they got a new prophet. prophets with new visions they so they can new prophet. They can see things different. All right, here here's Kamala Harris talking about the pro choice Congress. We need to understand that States are passing laws because of what the Supreme Court has now allowed to happen. So what does this mean? It means that we're looking at elections coming up in 120-something days. Mm. They're going to be about who serves in Congress, and we need a pro-choice Congress. Again, you don't have to advocate or believe that this is right for you or your family, but don't let the government make the decision for her family, whoever she may be. It means state offices, governors, secretaries of state, attorneys general. Mm. It means local races. Who's going to be your DA? Mm. Who's going to be your sheriff? Mm. Enforcing laws that are being passed to criminalize medical health providers and maybe even the women who seek the service. Mm. You know, who's going to be your sheriff? Yeah, they're they're running the play. They get that. That's 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 true. But when she says like, you might not have, you might not think that this is wrong, or do you think? I'm thinking to myself, like, wait a second. You're saying that if. You have a slave master. Like you might not think slavery is wrong, but you don't have the right to tell them what to do with their slaves. Right. Wait a second. I thought right. that that we have a sense of morality. Period. On how people should be acting around it. What do you say that with seatbelts? It doesn't matter how you feel about seatbelts. It's like you know, don't yeah. tell them what to do with their bodies and seatbelts. Right. Stop that mess. There. This is a grab. This is a power grab. And right. we should be paying attention to this. Everything that they are doing is using morality as a way to get leverage, so they can right. flip it into right. something else outside yeah. of true yeah. morality. You just wish some interviewer would just ask the question: What's our standard for morality? Yeah. Oh, wouldn't that yeah. be great? Right. Where Where do we get our right and wrong? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It doesn't have to be a ha gotcha question. Yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, ask yeah. her, like, where is that fixed right and wrong? Do yeah. you think that women who have the right to have an abortion are getting this right from God? Yeah. Right. Like, where, does was, that, where do rights yeah. even come from? Right. Where do rights come from? I think just, I mean, just, just if we had um, uh, actual media personalities you know, who would actually ask just those foundational questions, where is that standard? I want to. I want to stand up for those rights. Where do they come from? I don't think we can get Christians to answer that well. I know. We can't even get, because the, the problem is, is that if rights come from God, then you have to do with those rights what God tells you to do with them. It's true. Right? And so now we can't, we can't even get Christians to right. say, yeah, those come from God, and you have to obey God with those yeah. rights. Christians <laughs> like, don't like that last part either. Yeah, right. So. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm still curious on what her answer is, why people need to vote Democrat. We're just months away from the midterm elections. Finish this sentence for me. Americans need to vote for Democrats in November because. Our democracy is on the ballot. Truly. Truly. (laughs) If you look at an issue like choice, it's on the ballot. A woman's right to make decisions about her own body and potentially what can happen in the not too distant future around issues like access to and, and making decisions about contraception or, or same-sex marriage. Elections matter. The people who are elected, especially to the United States Congress, will decide the outcome of all of these issues, voting rights. <laughs> the ability of us to pass voting rights legislation, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, the Freedom to Vote Act, will be a function of who is in Congress. Mm. I don't. I don't 
believe that. No. At all. No. I, I mean, I think I think there's more access to voting than there ever has been before. Absolutely. I, I mean, this, this is just this is just crazy talk. Especially well, states that, like New Jersey and Delaware have uh, tighter restrictions than the, even the Georgia law that got passed. I mean, this is yeah, it's but, all but, silly. But, but, but even the restrictions, yeah. I mean, they're not like yeah. it's nothing like what was going on in the fifties and sixties. Well, it's why you could get eighty yeah. million people to vote for you it's, it's, and win. It, it's it's nothing like it was happening back in the 1800s. You guys are taking me too seriously when I say 80 million people are voting. In- no. I mean, 80, 80 million hey, people 80, voted for Biden. Dead or alive, they're voting, okay? So, and even if they voted three times or four times, voted, it, it was people matter. who voted, Gabe. Oh, I think, Pastor, what we're getting a sense of of what it means for the left and the Democrats to actually be on their heels. Yeah. I think we need to take yeah. a, a moment and examine. Like, right. They yeah. know that they're yeah. on their heels. They know that they're yeah. losing ground. Yeah. And they got hit in the mouth. That's and right. we need to look at this and say, oh, well, this is the first time I can think of where Republicans haven't looked like they've been running. Right. Well, and I just want to point out, like, again, if this poll means anything, and I don't trust polls at all, but if, you know, <laughs> it's pretty but, consistent, it's pretty consistent it, in terms of responses. It does anything at all. <laughs> but just notice that the first, the top four things on their lists are the things they most, they think are most important problems facing the country. These are, these are Democrats? No, citizens. Just citizens. Yeah. She's, she's not talking about the top four. Economy, right, right. inflation, state of, I guess, state of the democracy a little bit. How can they talk about policies. the economy? I mean, she's down at, at abortion. and, and they, they can't talk about the economy with any equity. Voting rights. I don't know. Is the voting rights even on here? I don't know where that is. Immigration, human rights, crime, climate change. Voting rights. One percent. Yeah. Uh, that's her. Because people know. I mean, but. Yeah. But, again. That, but, it's, but that's just, it's just a siren. It, it's like, it's, yeah. she's just trying to, she's trying to grab people by their fears um, of, you know, and not, and not by truth at yeah. all. Yeah. Right. Um, 100%. And, um, you well, know, and she says, she says, um, democracy is on, on the ballot. Right. Y- you remember in California when they voted to pass proposition eight, that was a democratic yeah. passage right. of same, and, same thing, same same thing. A defense, it's, a marriage definition yep. and the people voted. And the Democrats didn't like the outcome, right. and so they appealed to the California Supreme Court. And got it to knock down. Yep, that's right. right. But, I think yeah. we might be at a different place with some of that vote the, now, though. The other th- That's true. Yeah. The, other, the other thing, though, is I was thinking as she was talking is, it's like, okay, so for since 1776, the, you know. Yeah, the Declaration of Independence. Declaration of Independence to, you know, 1789, the Constitution uh, is yeah. ratified. Yeah. All the way up to, you know, whatever, 1973 with Roe. Yeah. There was... There, there was absolutely no constitutional right yeah. to abortion. That's right. And so, even after Roe, there so wasn't. So <laughs> did we live in a free republic? Yeah. Yeah, of course. For, for 200 years. Yeah. yeah. Do, do, you know, and yes, we did. So what? But you, you, we, you know, at worst. That got you, freer, by the way. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. it got free. That's right. That's right. right. And, and, yeah, know, we and, enslaved people. Right. It in got the, in the 1860s from, the, from that right. time. And, and you know, and that was the other thing I didn't bring up. But you know, Dred Scott, anybody? Yeah. I mean, yeah. wasn't that settled constitutional yeah. law that we thought we had that I, black people don't have? Yeah, right. Dress guy that took that. Yeah. Hey, oh, well, go ahead. Hey, I, I need to tell you guys about Boba Construction because you guys need to stop sending your hard-earned money to companies that hate you and support people like Kamala. It's time to build a Christian economy, and Bobo Construction is literally doing just that. For all of your construction needs, partner with Bobo Construction Incorporated today for any project in California, Nevada, Washington, or Idaho. Contact Austin Bobo at A, the letter A, B-O-B-O, at boboconstructioninc.com or visit the website at boboconstructioninc.com. Can you do that thing with my voice? Whatever is fair and right, that's what we do. (laughs) 
Bubble Construction Inc. <laughs> that, was, no, that was pretty amazing. No, you don't so, get to do that. I did. I did. <laughs> so uh, Glenn Yokin actually followed up Kamala Harris. Who? who? I, I don't even care. Uh, who? Uh, on Face the Nation. I love and so we're talking about. He just says it however yep, he wants. Yep. And so, you know, uh, you know what? why should we vote for the Democrats? You're going to lay hands well, on me. Why, why, why should we vote for Glenn? The debate on abortion has been uh, raging for a long time. And I believe as a pro-life governor that life begins at conception. Mm. And my job as a pro-life governor in a state in Virginia where 18 months ago, the debate uh, in our General Assembly was around whether abortion should be allowed all the way up through and including birth, funded by taxpayer money. And so this in Virginia is a debate that we are gonna run to. The Supreme Court's decision, I agree with, that this is a decision for states to make by elected officials. For God. uh, By the citizens of Virginia. That's why right out of the box, uh, I called for a 15-week pain threshold bill to be uh, formed and crafted by a bipartisan group of legislators. I think this is what it's (laughs) all about, is this is a moment um, for our country to have a discussion around this, and each state will decide something different. And I think that's the that's the real value of the Supreme Court's decision. You remember um, we did a we did a show <laughs> with our now uh, uh, governor of our state, Brad Little, and we asked him one of the questions we oh, asked him was like the gosh. first question we asked him. We said, oh, "Hey, Trump is elected. No, yeah, what what is what can we do now? There's what's the, your play? What's your play? Yeah. Let's be bold. Trump he, was bold. I think he Let's be even bold. said. I think he was the one yeah. that even said." We have a real opportunity right now with yes. with Trump. I remember in, this. In, in, in office <laughs> oh, I remember to this. To really be bold, bold and courageous. And you asked him, "What is I, I being said, bold what, look what like?" What would you do? And he said, "Transportation." He said, "I think we can really do something with the roads of Idaho." <laughs> and I believe that at that moment, Toby spit his beer out. I think that was the thing that got you to spit your beer out on that show. And this is this is similar to me, Glenn Yokin. He got elected. Yeah. He changed. Um, I believe uh, uh, that life begins at conception, and we can get fifteen weeks. Oh wait, wait, you missed a part. I think we should run to this. Run to this. That's what he yeah. said. Run, we, sh- we should right, run right to the thing that the Supreme Court said I could do. Republicans, right. behold your cowards. Uh, this mm. this next clip <laughs> is uh, him talking about a full ban. Is he against it or is it for it? What's going on? Will you ever pursue a full ban on abortion in Virginia? Well, the reality is that <laughs> as a pro-life governor, you already know. You like already Virginia, know. He just says the reality is. I have a Senate that's controlled by Democrats oh and a House that's controlled by Republicans. We have to find a way to get things done. Oh no! Oh. And oh, no. I believe that's what we've been able to do. Good things, is get bad things, things done at a time where you have done. to bring people together in order to make progress. It's a Democrat. As I said, I believe yeah. life begins at conception. Oh, in <laughs> Virginia. Really. We've got to work with a Senate and There's a no House. no conviction there. This is what we've been doing. But will you ever pursue a full ban? <laughs> well, I believe that well, what my job is is to get something is. done. And I believe we can get a 15-week pain threshold bill done in Virginia for the first time. Think about it. This was a state, again, that just 18 months ago was talking about enabling abortion all the way up through and including birth. And now we're able to talk about a 15-week pain threshold bill if, where if, a baby feels pain. If Glenn this was, is a remarkable moment for us, and it's an opportunity I'm not going to let go. Oh. If Glenn was King Solomon, he'd been like, yes, yeah, put the baby. Just just split it. That's it. So All the way. This is how they tell you I don't think he would have no. been that smart. <laughs> no, but you— He you, would actually cut it. He would actually cut the baby. I, I know, what, what, I'm saying. I know <laughs> what you're saying, but I also— <laughs> When you yeah. have, you know, 
guys like this are purebred politicians. Yeah. And you are not going to get a truthful answer. And no. what he just told you was no in the nicest possible way. Yeah. You will not see yeah. right. life at conception right. protected. Right. He's talking. And he's and almost he talking said, like the Democrats in the 90s. Safe, legal, and rare. It's what this it sounds is, like right. to me. This right. is yeah. a very scary thing. You might have been better getting somebody else. Yeah. Because this guy will take you yeah. down a path quiet and sleepy and put you to and, and kill you, you at know, the end of the day. What you want to do with this this guy is you gotta put you gotta put him under pressure. Yeah. yeah. You, you, the conservatives in Virginia need to push hard. You yeah. you 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 might be able to get him to to squeeze a little bit further right, a little bit further yeah. conservative, well, a little bit further Christian. If you squeeze hard, Hovey Winsome Sears does some pressure on that side. What's that? Yeah. Winsome Sears, he's yeah, a his, lieutenant governor. Lieutenant governor. Yeah. Right. Yes, yes. Yes. So hopefully she is because yeah. she got way more of a backbone than he does. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's just that's a lot of mealy. And it'd mouth be great to get her on the show and respond to this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's not going to do. All right. That so is he for exceptions or or not? You support exceptions for rape, incest, and the life of the mother. Some other Republican governors do not. Republicans are they wrong? Again, I think this is a moment where we have to reflect on our personal beliefs. And uh, personal as, a, beliefs. as a pro-life governor, I have uh, really reflected on my own faith and my beliefs. And I do believe that there should be exceptions that are made in the case of rape and incest. And when the life of the mother is truly at risk, um, again, this is a moment, though, where people have to come together. The one thing that's uh, very much agreed upon in Virginia today is that we want fewer abortions, not more. And I think this is a chance over the next five months for Safe, a bipartisan group of legislators to craft a path there and give me a bill that I can sign. Um, just so you know, when we have the life of the mother and the life of the child, we're seeking to save both. That's not, That's not an abortion. abortion. Right. That's yeah. right. That yeah. is not an abortion yeah. anyway. And the fact that people would even con- right. consider that the case. Right. I was telling my kids, look, if I got two people on one side of me and one on the other side of me and I'm trying to keep them from falling off into a cliff and I'm on a bridge hmm. – and somehow something happens where my hand gets slipped or yeah. and they fall. I'm not trying to kill that person. Right. I'm trying to save their life. Right. And so they paint abortion as if, oh, you just aborted him and I committed right. murder. That's no, not a murder. No, what, what they're asking is if, if you have two kids on the bridge and yeah. one of them slipping, can you shoot it? Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Like, well, no. in that case, no. <laughs> like, well, you shoot it before it falls th- off. Well, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Uh, and we're saying, no, absolutely not. Yeah. You may not kill. You may not murder yeah. the baby. Now, yeah, there are situations medically yeah. where we don't yet have the technology to save both lives. That's but right. if we could, we would. That's exactly and, right. And that's uh, and that's uh, not that's not abortion in those in any cases. way. We were just looking it up um, uh, earlier that not even abortion clinics consider some of that stuff abortion. They're right. like, no, it's not an abortion because it's yeah. not planted in. So anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the fact that they're using that kind of language right. now, yeah. when it comes to rape and incest, like right. I love the, the fact that this is such a clear argument. We don't punish people for their father's sins. That's right. Yeah. Right. right? right. And, and, so, and again, don't you just wish the interviewer would just say, so you believe that we should criminally pun- punish babies for their father's crimes? Yeah. yeah. That's what I want, I want yeah. to ask him right now. That's right. So let me just get this straight. You think if the father commits a crime, we should kill the baby. Yeah. I mean, that's what he just said. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. my personal belief, that yeah. in some and instances, rape. rape and incest, we should kill the baby for yeah. the father's crimes. Yeah. Well, that's injustice. That's wickedness. But nobody yeah. will actually ask the question. Yeah, yeah. We, that's because we need people who can do those kind of interviews who actually have a moral foundation right. and have a biblical foundation right. and understand what objectivity is. They're, right. they're, right. they're all f- having this conversation from some neutral ground, a neutral playground. For oh, it's purposes. not neutral. That, that's true. That's not neutral. That's not neutral. That's no, an right. agenda. <laughs> Okay, yeah. we're gonna have to. You're right. We're gonna have to finish this. 
in the backstage. So if you're a Fight Laugh Feast Club member, come back there and hang out with us. Yeah. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. If you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. So much more. Youngkin, <laughs> in the backstage. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations, the world's largest classical Christian homeschooling community. I'm launching a new podcast, Refining Rhetoric. If you like cross-politics or just listen to hear what crazy stuff they're saying today, you will enjoy Refining Rhetoric. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform. I practice the 15 tools of learning by interviewing great guests, looking at current events, and talking about cryptocurrency. The season of Augustine and the season of Cassiodorus were very different moments in a crucial transformation that occurred in the history of the Western liberal arts. All right, so just stay like this. How, how am I doing here? So, yeah, you don't like you don't like this, huh? What does a Christian education look like when non-Christians are the ones who control the institutions of learning? This is a question that confronted Bishop Augustine of Hippo in North Africa in the 5th century AD. Augustine lived at the twilight of the Roman Empire. He himself had been trained with the best learning that Rome at that time had to offer. He himself actually came through the ranks and taught rhetoric in some of the best schools. And it was then, after he had come of age, that he converted to Christianity, but he wanted to continue the project of education, but this time for Christians. And so he had to confront the question, what does a Christian education look like when the unbelievers control the field? when they control the institutions, when the whole ap apparatus and curriculum of learning emerge from a pagan environment. And so Augustine wondered, what is it that Christians should jettison? What is it that Christians can embrace? What is it that Christians can adopt, but in modified form? These are the questions that Augustine confronted when he sought to educate Christians in an environment when unbelievers dominated the field. A century later, we see a man in the south of Italy named Cassiodorus who faced a very different educational landscape. He had to ask what did a Christian education look like in an environment where unbelievers had abandoned the project of education altogether. The in infrastructure of learning had entirely eroded. If education was to proceed at all, it had to proceed on the foundation of Christianity. The Christians had to be the ones preserving education. What does a Christian education look like when Christians are the ones forming the institutions, when Christians are the ones organizing the curriculum? Well, these two seasons in the history of education, the season of Augustine and the season of Cassiodorus, just 100 years apart, were very different moments in a crucial transformation that occurred in the history of the Western liberal arts. We're gonna be studying this story. We're going to be going back to the sources. We're going to go back to Augustine. We're gonna go back to Cassiodorus. We're gonna ask ourselves, which of their predicaments most resembles our own? Which can we learn from Augustine's period? What can we learn from Cassiodorus's period? As we confront these questions, we're gonna engage these sources, and we invite you to join us here at New St. Andrews College.